Bluchim Abayim Hashem Hashem Berachnuchem Hashem Welcome to our Wednesday night cheer. As always, the cheer is dedicated to Shlamis. Berachnuchem Shlamis. Tadizah Shlamis. Shalom. Yard site upcoming next week. First yard site. Um, this week's Shabbos Pashas Kisisa. As far as dates are concerned, we're dealing today with Tezvov. Today was Tezvov Lachidish Adar Rishain, known as Shushan Purim Katan. A concept in its own, which we will meet with Hashem Abalin on the table discussed in this evening. What does this have to do with the actual service of a person to God? How does one serve God? with the concepts mentioned in the Pasuk, raising up the Reish Bnei Yisrael, giving Kol Eivra Al-Pekudim, to forgive for your soul. This is chapter 30, verses 12 through 15. Periklamid Pasuk, Pesukim Yudbeiz Atezvav. The behavior of a person comes in a way that he understands the seichel of his mind, as he sees the differences between the behavior of the person throughout his childhood, as he grows up, as he amasses seichel and understanding. Even if a person does not stand yet in a level of Moach Shalat Alev, where mind controls the heart. So we've told the story of the Chassid of the Alter Rebbe, who spied against Napoleon. Still at all, as the Seichel understands something, especially special, any given item, that this is good, or the opposite, the person behaves a different way than he would behave if he didn't understand what he was doing. This is what the Pasuk says, Tisa is Reish B'nei Yisrael. In every situation a person finds themselves, they need to rise up, they need to lift up their heads. That their heads should be totally enveloped in things that are much higher levels. And when a person raises, rises up to this level, this understanding, automatically he is able to rise up and bring up all his attributes and his whole anhaga, his whole behavior. Each and every Jew, irrelevant, if he's involved in worldly things, if it's 
things that need to be used to earn a living, etc. Or if he's involved in spiritual things, in learning teda, doing mitzvahs. person always needs to stay at the level of Sisa Esraish. Raising up your head, it should be Shakua in Limud Hatera. It should be totally enveloped. And not only just one time, but to raise up in a way, in a stature of Chayil Al Choyil, going from one level higher to an higher. The person sometimes they'll can think. All that's talked about, all this hype of this higher being, someone did a sin. If someone, God forbid, did a sin, performed a sin, for as the Gemara, if he keeping score at home, the to say to Gimel Omer Aleph says, A person does not sin until the Spirit of folly enters into his head. At that point, the person is standing at a level of the complete opposite of Tisa's Reish. He's in a place of folly, And therefore, the Pasuk continues Tisa's Reish is a commandment. To who? The Chola Anyone that goes against the actual commands. For what? To be forgiven for their souls. Chazal tell us, Rabbi Yisai, that in the place of Baal Yitzhuvim, in the place of Baal Yitzhuvim, in the place of Baal Yitzhuvim, where the Tzadikim, where Baal Yitzhuvim reach the level that they can stand, the pure Tzadik cannot stand there. And we find, of course, the Aveda of Tshuva works on a person to bring him to such a high level more than the Aveda of a Tzadik. And this is the commandment of Tisa Esresh. That is, who is being spoken to here? The people that literally made the eagle, made the golden calf, because up until the golden calf was formed, every Jew was considered the Rosh. In the level of Tzadikim. But through Tshuva we can cause Tisa as Rosh. The Tshuva causes the elevation. An elevation so high that it was even higher than it was before. And therefore we find not only what the Pasuk says that can cause the Tisah but even more so when when the person is down in the lowest of levels the person still has the opportunity to return to repent and this is the true Tisah so the Yidna told to bring a machtzis shekel. The machtzis shekel, the half a shekel, 
makes reference to each and every Jew. Where every Jew thinks that he is a complete entity on his own, he is told bring a machtsa shekel. By bringing the machtsa shekel, he is told you're only half. Until you don't say, Areni mekabel olai mitzvah zasei shal v'yahavto l'riacho k'meicho. You're only half. Only when you say it, and you complete, and you accept upon yourself, complete and total avasi, so love for a fellow Jew, do you become whole. And as the common joke goes, a man is a man, before he's married he's incomplete when he gets married he's finished <coughs> the Maxis HaShekel shows it's a Chetzi it's only half and you need another half to complete you but when it comes to the machzis hashekel, when the people need to bring, we're going to discuss what they were brought for. But before that, the actual coin, the actual money. The boss says something very interesting in chapter 30, verse 15. <speaking in Hebrew> One would think a wealthy man gives more and a poor man gives less. Balance it out afterwards. Whatever reason you needed this maksa shekel for, this guy could give you 20, so the poor people will only give you a tenth. And he'll compensate for it when he gives. Taylor tells us nothing doing. Everyone across the board, I don't care how much you have or don't have, needs to come up with a machtsa shekel. Wow. Wow. A novel entity here. When it comes to a sacrifice, the wealthy man brings a calf, brings a cow. Shervail. And the poor man, unfortunately, brings a mincha of flour and oil. Albeit they're both accepted by the Abishta with the same love. But they're not the same when anyone is watching. When people are watching and the trumpets are blowing, and the rich man, the wealthy man, is bringing his carbon shlomim for all to partake and to have a blast and a feast, rib steak for all, everyone knows wow, that's a sacrifice. When the unfortunate poor man, the Kamsen, shows up, come, come, the bag of flour, come some oil and some frankincense. Ah! when it comes to shekel, you can't show off and you can't be embarrassed. Because it does not matter what your value, what your status is in the social circles, you have to give the same amount. We don't find this in other mitzvahs. 
Especially not a commandment from the Tata telling us that it must be that way. How ironic. Tremendous lesson to be learned from this. Generally, tzedakah is tied in. There's a difference between the poor man and the rich man when it comes to giving tzedakah, charity. As I'll tell us, as I'll tells us, in Tachuma, Omar David Lefnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The David says before the Almighty. Tiyasher Elomcha. Straighten, get your act together, God Almighty. Straighten out the world. Make it equal. Equal for everyone. Bishove. The rich and the poor and the rich, let them all be the same. Ah. Let everybody either be rich or everybody be poor. What does God answer, King David? Ah. Sorry, my kind. Im yukulam ashirim oyanim miyochel lasayis chesed. Listen to this. The Eibushter says, "Thank you." The Eibushter says, "If everyone will be rich, or everyone will be poor, who will be able to do chesed?" Who will be able to do a kindness for another person? Baruch, I'm told you know that I'm a chumshak holding the very. Which means to say, the, one of the reasons the Almighty creates the world the way He does. With the poor and the poverty and the rich and the middle class. The reason for this is literally so that the world can exist and coexist. There's a difference between the rich man and the poor man. What is the difference in their essence? Nothing. But he has money and he doesn't. Why? So that he can do chesed and give tzedakah. I'm talking about the poor man, of course. Dr. Mello says in Tehillim, and we say it in, the, in Halal, Al tiftichu benedivim adam she'en And the translation that a very prominent scholar once said, Don't have bitachon in the rich people. The person that doesn't have any money, Teshua. That's where you're going to find the salvation. That's who's the one that gives the tzedakah. The one that got no money. <laughs> so when it says that the Almighty created the world with poor people 
and with rich people, this is the actual reason for it, so that one could give tzedakah, and more so, the matorah of matzah shekel, as we're going to discuss, was to buy karbonis, karbonis tzibur. And these karbonis, we find there are differences between the ani and the asher. The rich man brought his karm. Mm-hmm. If the rich man brought a karm that the ani should bring, that the poor man should bring, he's not yetzer. Vice versa is not a problem. So that's the case. When it comes to the Sfana, we find, we say, the midst of Matzah Shekel, which is Tzedakah and Chesed, when you get the Indian of Kabanas, is a difference between Ani and Asher. Because the Kabanas are not the same. But the midst of the Tera HaAsher, the Yarbe Vadal, the Yamit, Matzah Shekel, that the man, the rich man cannot add, the poor man cannot diminish from the half a Shekel, this teaches us that in this concept alone, there's a difference between a person and his friend. They have a different status financially, socially, but they still need to be equality. To stand be'ava and achtus zelaza, in unison, with love one to another. This teaches us the mitzvah of Israel is not only to unite the Jews because all the Jews are equal. It doesn't matter who the friend is. Only what? When there's differences between them, like the difference between the rich man and the poor man, or the poor man and the rich man in knowledge, etc., at that stage in life also we need to unite one with the other. Even if there's a major vast difference between the two. The Oni, the poor man, and there's also the Usher, the rich man, but still in all, they need to unite with one another. When we look into the history of sages, the sage that we all refer to is Rabbi Akiva. Talking about holy people, you talk about Rabbi Shimon Bayechai. Rabbi Akiva was the sage. Rabbi Akiva was the sage with the fame, with the fame, the famous story, how he came from from nothing, from naught. He was a little shepherd boy didn't know anything, didn't know any better. But yet, but yet, he persevered, and he pushed, and he went on further and further, until he went to become the greatest of all the sages. Now, Rabbi Akiva would go sometimes, the solitude to meditate to unite to bring himself to go closer to God 
a one such visit, the Rekiva was sitting in the forest, alone. But it tells us, he heard noise. It's actually a pretty scary noise. And suddenly he sees running what seemed to be a man on fire, a burnt man, a charcoal person. The person was running, was carrying wood. When he saw the eyes on this person, something was very awkward, something was very off here. And he says, stop. I want to talk to you. Man wouldn't stop. Father Rebekiva said, in the name of the Holy Torah, stop. name of the Holy Torah of Rebekiva's. Man had no choice but to stop. Man stops. Rebekiva says to him, do tell me your story. My story, he says, is not a good one. I was a tax collector. A nasty one at that. The rich people used to give me under the table. I treated them nicely. The poor couldn't. I'd kill them. I was not a very liked person. And good reason. I was pretty despicable, if you ask me. Well, I upped and died. I came to Bezin Shamayla. They didn't like what they saw. I suffered terribly in Gehenim. And on top of that, I then need to go back down to the world once a day. Chop wood. Take the wood to a certain location. Start a fire and throw myself into the fire. This is my daily regimen, my daily punishment. Um, no, it's not pleasant, obviously. But this is my lot. This is what I'm up against. This is a pretty scary thought. Finally, 
he um, finally at this point in time, at this stage of his life, unfortunately, there's no way of getting him out of this. This is his Gehenim. Rebekiva said to him, Did you not know any way that you can get out of this? And he told Rebekiva, Unfortunately, there is none. I have no way out. This is my lot. Rebekiva told him, There has to be something that you hear over the wall from Ganadin telling you how you can redeem yourself. Sorry? No, in the forest. He met this Neshama. It's Rebek we're talking about. Well, he said, I'll tell you the truth. There is a way. There's a voice that said that if My son says Kaddish for me. I will become a free man. Aha. Okay, so what's the problem? Few problems. So when I died, my wife was actually pregnant. Unfortunately, though, I don't know if she ever gave birth. And if she gave birth, I don't know if it was a boy. And if it was a boy, I don't know if he can read. I never taught him. So the chances are slim to none that I should ever be redeemed. Now you must let me go because I'm in a rush. I have a deadline to meet. Rekiva says, one more second. Pray tell me which town you're from. What was your name? Your wife's name. The Gemara tells us that the soul tells the Rekiva the name of the town, what his name was, and his wife. The Gemara doesn't tell us how long it took for Rekiva to travel to that town, said town. Mother doesn't tell us, it tells us that he had a pretty decent, easy time finding the house because by mention of the name in the town, everybody first spit, let out of a, a slew of curses, and then put him in the direction of the house. Nobody is very fond of him or the wife. Bahayim, Ebekiva arrives at the house. Lo and behold, the wife is there with her boy. Aglik, oh, it's a boy. Unfortunately, there were things flying all over the place. 
This child was a wild animal. The mother had absolutely no control over the child. No. The Bekiva took out some toys. They brought candies. And he bribed the child to calm down. The child relaxed himself. And Bekiva discovered, of course, that this boy does not know what a letter alibis is. No, who's greater than Rabbi Akiva? 24,000 students he has. What's 24,001? He found out. He found out the hard way because this child could not absorb. Aleph? Aleph. What's this? I don't know. Aleph? Aleph. What's this? I don't know. And this went on and on and on. Rebekah was getting very, very, very frustrated. But, there's a neshama, the suffering, and he needs to keep his determination, persevere, to make sure that this child says Kaddish. Rebekah says fasted for 40 days. Every day he only ate bread and water. And he davened like never before so that this child's mind be opened. And lo and behold, after 40 days, a basco, a heavenly voice comes, says, Akiva, you could go learn with him. You can go learn with him. His mind has been opened for study. And Akiva returns to the child and he sits and learns with the child and he succeeded teaching him olive bays to read, to daven to even daven for the Ahmed and with this Rabbi Akiva freed that soul from his Gehenim in Baba Kama what was Rabbi Akiva thinking I mean let's get real he doesn't know this guy he didn't know the person he never met the person let us say out of the goodness of his heart let us say you would hear that Rabbi Akiva went and he did this. And he went and he told the child you have to say Kaddish. And the child said, no. But it's for your father. I don't know my father, I'm not interested. Had he done enough? He did enough. He did enough. He did the mission and then he went and he found this child. And he spoke to the child and everything else. The kid didn't want, the kid didn't want, what could he do? 
But no. Rekiva went, not nine yards, the whole nine yards. He went miles. He traveled for miles to see to it that this Yiddish kind, this Jewish child, says Kaddish for his father. He not only traveled to get here, he devoted days and hours, but it doesn't tell us how many hours, to see to it to make sure that this child will succeed and be able to learn and be able to say Kaddish for the father. This is a precedence of Abbas Israel that we have no comparison to. Nothing can compare to such love of a fellow Jew, of a Jew that he has never met, that he did not know who he was. And the Jew himself unfortunately confessed to not being the nicest guy. But yet, Rabbi Akiva puts himself on the line to such an extent that he saves this Nishama. And this is what we talk about when we say chesed. The world was created so that chesed could be done. For if not for the chesed, then man would eat man. People would not coexist. And this is how Rabbi Akiva teaches that is that klal gadol batera. Amar Rabbi Akiva, beahavtu the riachah komech is that klal gadol batera. The love of a fellow Jew is a great klal in the tera. We learn about Machzah Shekel, but before we go to Machzah Shekel again, before we go back to the parasha, I'd like to begin to discuss today's date. Purim, Shushan Purim Cotton. It's actually not Babaham, it's in Kalarapsi. Okay. It's like a medrash really of a Gemara. There's this year, if all of us have heard already, that is a leap year, not only February 29th, but other Aleph, other Ishan, other Shani, other Aleph, other Bez. And the reason for it, on a straight basis, because we go according to the lunar year 
on the lunar calendar and the solar calendar do not have the same amount of days as Jewish months usually have either 29 or 30 and the secular months have 30 and 31 I'm not going to go into the whole cheshbenis of the calendar how it works etc but ultimately in order for things to catch up one another the Jewish leap year is a full month extra as we spoke that since it's Chedesh Adr, Adr is Marben B'Simcha the Simcha is not just a regular Simcha but it's a Simcha of two months of 60 days of Simcha but yet it's watered down it's a watered down version here there's a different dinner when it comes to yahtzeites and birthdays in other if a person was born in a year that is a single there's only one month one other then their birthday is in the second month yahtzeites is problematic whether you do both months and of course if a person was born in a leap year then of course that's needless to say they would be Um, in the month that they were born it would not be a question in the year of a leap year but yet we see Tesvav other Shani is called Shushan Purim Koton now if the months are referred to as other Aleph other Beis other Rishan other Shani on Exuba you would write other Rishan other Shani If the months are referred to as so, then the Purim of Purim of other Rishon should be called Purim Aleph. And Purim Shani. Purim Shushan Purim Shani. Shushan Purim Aleph. And we'll know that that's not the one that we celebrate the actual Purim, like we'll celebrate Yetz Hashem next month. So if the month is referred to as Purim as other Aleph and other Beis, other Rishon of the Shani, why are we not referring to the Purim of the month as Purim Aleph? Shushan Purim Aleph. Why cotton? Cotton denotes small. It diminishes its value. When I say that's the small version of that, It's it's uh, an embarrassment. So why would it be called cotton? The Jews are compared to the Levana. The lunar calendar during the lunar month a very interesting thing happens. The moon starts off to be revealed, and as the month progresses, it gets larger and larger until it looms a full moon in the sky. At which point, at Tezvav Lachedish, the fifteenth day of the month is a full moon. Thereafter, 
the moon begins to shrink until we get to the end of the month and there is no moon whatsoever not in revealed eye therefore the sun is referred to as Moira Godel and the moon is referred to as Moira Cotton the great light and the small light No, how much better can we get? When it comes to Tesvav Lachedish, full moon, like tonight, it's a beautiful thing. But yet, since the moon changes, becomes bigger and becomes smaller, Therefore, when there's two different options, especially when it comes to the life of the Jew, we refer to as a smaller. Yaakov Avinu was referred to as Yaakov HaKotten, the small Yaakov. Dovra Melech, David Malka Meshicha, also called small. And therefore, the concept of small, rather than being derogatory, teaches us the opposite teaches us how this small light the moon illuminates and will illuminate all the parts of heaven and all the parts of the earth the reason for the moon not shining like the sun is because God created them actually equally and the moon complained said God you can't have two What's the reason for two? One guy is, is enough. Referring, of course, to himself, that he should be the one to light the world. To which the Almighty says, you're correct, and therefore I'm going to make you a reflection of him. And this is the concept of the moon. It's a reflection of the sun. But still in all, the reflection that it gives off, it illuminates, it illuminates the world. Hence, since the Moir HaKotten and Dovra Melech the Cotton and Yaakov the Cotton, therefore also when it comes to Purim and Shushan Purim, that's not the actual Purim and the actual Shushan Purim that we celebrate, like we celebrate every year, it's therefore referred to as Cotton, which is therefore makes it Purim Cotton and Shushan Purim cotton the almighty says Rashi explain, Razal explain Rashi brings it down as well Omer Rabbi Meir Meir said Actually, 
Zayitnu Kazayitnu. Emmaus says that a fiery coin the Almighty pulled out from under his throne. He showed it to Misha and said, This is what you have to give, exactly like this. Whoa. This causes very big problems. Similar to such a thing, the Abishas showed Moshe several things like this. We find, like you said now, Maishamaneda. Moshe had a problem with designing this Maneda. The Kaftadim and the this and the ends. There were so many different things here. Misha was not a fool. What does it mean he had a problem designing it? But the truth is he didn't have a problem designing the actual Maneda. The problem that Misha Beno had is when the Abisha said, Miksha Achas, that the Maneda needs to be made from one piece. To carve this out of one piece of gold and not to be able to add on pieces and stick on pieces that kind of artist Misha wasn't ready to become. That he couldn't really fathom. So the Almighty showed him a manera of ash of fire. Another problem Misha had, when the Almighty talks about the Meilid Halavana, HaChidish Hazel HaChem Reish the birth of the new month, of the moon. He didn't know exactly what point it had called that way. And therefore the Almighty shows him that as well. and says, Exactly what I'm showing you, this is what you have to see, this is how you have to bless it. A third, another thing. We were told Yisra of Shratzen, of insects. Malaysia couldn't put a finger on a pulse. So in Pasha Shemini, chapter 11, verse 29, V'zeh lochem ha-tomei, says the Pasuk. And therefore, he shows him exactly how the luncheon of Zeh always is Marab Etzma, showing with his finger. So really, truth is not understandable. You want to tell me David had to show him other things. They were very, very confusing. The Meneda it had Gvim, Kaftadim, Prochim, and all this had to be banged off from Mikshachas. Everything had to have its exact place. Spe- special form. And the same thing in the Levana. The moon. What size exactly the moon has to be? So you have to show him what the shear of the Levana is to be Mekadosh. And you have to uh, you gotta be, be also 
to know what the Levana looks like. You shouldn't be looking at a lamp pole. Exactly where it's situated in the heavens. And when they used to ask the witnesses, they had to ask them all the questions, they had to know exactly what angle they were looking at it. And the same with the Shatzim. With the insects. I'm trying to tell you different insects that many people never heard of and never saw. The matzah shekel, really? What's so hard about that? What's so hard to understand? Half a shekel. And we find already by Eliezer Ebed Avram. He already went with the shkolim and the buying and the purchasing. They know what the currency was. So what was so hard to just say half of this? <coughs> Why did he have to be shown? Not just shown, but shown a matbeah shal eish. A fire coin. The Gemara Masechus Menachis If you keep a score at home, it's Chavtes Amin Aleph 29 side 1 Tesis asks Tesis explains actually Why did the Gemara enumerate not Machzah Shekel between all the Yanim. That were things that were Moshe Rabbeinu did not understand. We spoke that there was the Mineda. There was spoke about the Levana. We spoke about the Shatzim. So why does it not say the same thing was with the Machzah Shekel? That Moshe had a hard, try, a hard time grasping what a Machzah Shekel was. And therefore the Almighty shows it to him. Why would he not have known this amount, this maxa Why was he not familiar with the weight or the amount or the size of what the coin had to look like? Let's say that he didn't know. Spent a lot of time up in heaven, 40 days, 40 nights, three times. He wasn't well versed in the currency. How much did he need money already? Spare took care of the house. She went shopping. So Lietzu, when they used to say to him, Maxa Shekel, is what's that? Okay. So the Almighty had to show him, the Abish had to show him. Or tell him exactly how much it had to weigh, what size it had to be, and whose picture had to be on it.
More so, let's say he had to give him the measurements. He had to tell him exactly what a master shekel was supposed to be. Why did it have to be Shal'esh? Why did it be a fiery coin? It's the opposite. It would be more accurate if you showed him a regular coin. This is the coin you have to give from Kesef. Like you showed him the Levana, you showed him everything else. The fact that he was showed him the Menei Shal'esh, we understood. Because it was so hard to make something like that, make Shachas. But Machsah Shekel... What did this have to be a Medbeish Leish? Another thing we need to understand. Mesech to Schulen, Membeis and Meralev, if you keep this score at home, 42 side 1. So taste is Divya Maskal, it says Divya Maskal Zeis. And he answers this question. Taste is Menachas. Why did the Maxa Shekel not get counted amongst the things? Enumerated amongst the things that Meshach didn't understand. Even though the Almighty showed it to him. What Meshach didn't understand is the Kefir Nafshei part. The Almighty showed him how this is Kefir Nafshei, how it's forgiving. The truth is, these answers are contradictory. According to Tesis Menachis, Matzah Shekel is more of this Kasha Mesha. So he knew nothing about how it had to look. His question was, what does it look like, Bechal? But according to Tesis and Chulin, Mesha and didn't have a problem knowing. He knew exactly how much it was. And when the Abishu would not have shown it to him, he would also know. The fact that David showed it to him is a different reason. So now we'll understand explaining the words of the Rambam of the mitzvah of giving Matzah Shekel. What was the commandment for? Why did they have to give Matzah Shekel every year? And it was only given once. Kei For forgiveness. So why do we have to bring both Pesukim? It's not enough for the Pesuk Zayitnu. Especially when the sin of the giving of Machsah Shekel says, Tafka in the Pesuk Zayitnu, Kol Eivar Allah Pekudim. Machsah Shekel. V'nos, Nevish Kefir, Nafshi. That Pesuk is not mentioned until later. And that's not what the Rambam brings down. Rather, the explanation really is the mitzvah of giving matzah shekel. The mitzvah has two things to it. It's twofold. First of all, the fact that it's only once a year. You can't give it many times. And you can't divide it up. And that the coin itself had to be worth matzah shekel. You couldn't give it in Four different coins equaling Matzah Shekel. But according to this, then in that case, we say 
It was all given at one time. The reason for it is because the Ragachava explains, the Rebbe's Rebbe explains, the Ragachava says, Shakal yesh alav shem karbim fnei The shekel itself had a form of a karbim. This is called a karbim. And this caused a kapara. And therefore you could not bring it more than one time in the year. A kapara you could only give in halves. And therefore we say, we dig and we look into this, and the giving the maksa shekel goes into, the, into, a, for, into a level of carbon and kapara. We say this two ways. First of all, the kapara is because the maksa shekel buys the kabana sibur, buys the public sacrifices that came for kapara. And secondly, the kapara is from the actual giving of the maksa shekel. By giving it, they were given. They were given forgiveness. And in other words, we need to dig into the fact that it's a carbon. Machza shekel was a carbon siver, and from this we bought kabana siver, or it was a carbon yachid. Because this etzim of the nesinus machza shekel forgave the, each and every Jew. Therefore, we say from here that Rashi and Rambam argue. On this actual giving is the Kapara Nafshasechim. Why? Because the Karbonis came for Kapara. But therefore he holds the Bhinna Maksa Shekel is a Kapara on the Tzibur. And therefore he says the Kapara Nafshasechim, the Tzibur, plural. But say for Mitzvah Rambam Machsa Shekel, in the Mitzvah Machsa Shekel, he writes that Tzivu is commanded to give Machsa Shekel each and every year. This is said in order to this Alev and Nosnu Yishkef and Nafshi. We find therefore that it's Dayek to bring the Pasuk with Nosnu and Kef and Nafshi until Machsa Shekel teaches us that it's not talking about Kaboras Akabonis with Tzibur, but the Kef and Nafshi is Lashin Yochid. Nafshoi, singular, which means to say that this itself, the giving has a din of a karm, and therefore the giving itself is gather of kapara. It should be zeichet to give the matza shekel, and in the case of giving tzedakah today, also the yarbe vadal yamet does not stand. If you have it, you got to give it, and that's what we said before that the reason that God made the usher and the Ani is so that the usher should support the Ani. I can give you a forwarding address to send you checks. And um, to help and money? support the Ani. The main thing is we should have the Shiach Tukkenu this Shabbos in Yerushalayim, Irakedesh, Vayakel, Moshe. Shabbat Shalom to all.